0: Hey, podcasters, it's Tuesday. Got a great show for you. We, of course, talk a little bit about the special and, and the uh, impeachment, what you need to know. Uh, we get ready for our special tomorrow uh, on the impeachment, except it's much deeper. It's it's the Democrats' Hydra, and we'll tell you all about that uh, today. And if you want to become a subscriber and support us at The Blaze, we the money that you pay us uh, for your monthly subscriptions, that's what uses we use to, to pay for Uh, research like this so we can do these specials for you. Yep. Now use the uh, code GB20
1: off. You can save 20%. At tv.com It'll also be free on YouTube and uh, I think some other places as well, but YouTube for sure. Uh, check it out. It's a tomorrow night, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern.
0: All right, so we have Mike Lee who is joining us. We talked about the um, Canadian sportscaster, the, the guy who is a legend in hockey, just fired. You won't believe why. And that prompted one of our favorite broadcasters up in Canada, Brian Lilly. Uh, to call in you happen to be listening to the show, you don't want to miss you don't want to miss that, plus the te- Tulsi Gabbard update and the stock market boom under presidents. All on today's podcast. You're
1: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: I want to talk about how they're scrubbing the internet right now. Of the whistleblower, any mention at all of this whistleblower is now being deleted by Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. The internet is being scrubbed by uh, by these organizations, and it's not being reported on by any mainstream media. They're remarkable absolutely remarkable facebook right is mm-hmm. pulling mm-hmm.
1: every mention yep. of the whistle- whistleblowers name which i believe we can still say Charamella!
0: charamel you know we have got to get our we've been so busy with we're we're working on this special we're working we have what 5 days left to work for, to finish our book yes. on socialism which is a major 400 page plus uh, uh book on how to argue with socialists that's coming out after the new year So we're so busy, but we got to get somebody to make a charamella T-shirt. I think that's needed. The whistleblower maybe throwing a pie up in the air. Uh, It's a charamella.
1: The the pizza box guy.
0: The pizza box guy. I
1: like this idea. Uh, Yeah. Because it it seems like a sauce. Like if you could get like... You know how you go and you build the pasta, and they've got, like, marinara, and they've got Alfredo, and then they mm-hmm. have charamella sauce.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, it does seem like something you'd have to We need—you know what? In fact, I will give a free plug to any Italian restaurant that comes up with a charamella sauce. So <laughs> I don't know. No, it's got to I mean, have torque in it. Someone's
1: name is, is a bit weird. <laughs> uh, it doesn't necessarily seem you appetizing. You can come up
0: with a great
1: recipe. However, to... we ate General Sow's chicken. Right, right. That's a dude's name. I'd like
0: spaghetti carbonara. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> they can't stop us from putting his name out on that one. Uh, you anyway. <laughs> ban my menu item? Is, <laughs> is that what you're doing? This is a this is a menu item, and I'm telling you, if you come up with a good recipe and you're a re- you're a restaurant, I will promote you on Facebook with your new charamella sauce. But you've got to, it's got to make sense. It's got to be why, on the official menu. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be something official. What if you what if your name,
1: like you're another person? In the Charamella family. Mm -hmm. Can you no longer be on Facebook?
0: Are they banning you? Maybe. I don't know. What if you're a coach in that family and you have a whistle as part of your duty? (laughs) Can we talk about the coach or the the umpire that is a Charamella blowing the whistle on the field? Apparently not. Apparently not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have that story. But here's an an even worse story, I think. Um, This story is about how the media just takes care of its own. We know the story about uh, Rohrbach, the ABC uh, uh, anchor, that off-camera was saying, you know, we had this story about Epstein for three years, and ABC sat on it. So they were looking for the leaker. Well, they found somebody who had accessed this. Now, her story is amazing, All she did was she opened up that file. I think on the day that it happened, she opened up that file and she pulled that file and put it off into a a separate file. Now, she never accessed it again. She went to her bosses at ABC and said, did you see this? This is her job is to pull things that might be problematic and to pull things uh, for other people. So she said, hey, I pulled this off this might be problematic. Uh, do, do you guys see this? They said yes. Okay. Months go by, nothing. She leaves and she moves to CBS. She's just, she's a low-level producer at CBS. ABC calls her and uh, calls CBS and says, hey, you know, we had somebody leak this to the press and, uh, and this woman, she, she's the leaker. You might want to be careful. Well, they walked in, didn't even question her. They just fired her. Get your stuff and get out. It's an amazing story. No one has taken the time to interview this person, talk to this person. Nothing. No one in the mainstream media is even addressing this Rohrbach story. Nobody nobody else is only the alternative media, the conservative media. There's been zero mention of this on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC. Nothing. Nothing. It's like the story doesn't even exist. And again, this is in the Me Too era. Yeah. This
1: is a story about a cover-up of dozens and dozens of underage girls being assaulted, molested,
0: and all sorts of different horrible things. And the the so-called whistleblower, without any evidence is taken and fired and thrown out in the street without any explanation.
1: And th- again, think of how remarkable it is the way this goes down, where one competitor calls another competitor in the same industry. McDonald's calls Burger King and says, hey, the person you're cooking the hamburgers, I don't think you should, they should be employed there anymore. And Burger King's like, oh, okay, sure. Well, when the hell does that happen? That doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Because they, it's, a, it's a cabal It really is a cabal. They all they all are protecting each other's butts. That's all they're doing.
1: We're talking on the news and why it matters and and comparing it to the thin blue line sort of thing from every single movie where police won't talk bad about them. It's like that's what this is. The media is just protecting itself. And, you know, look, you can make a mistake here. It's plausible that, okay, look, because I is even with the story being the story. If I have someone who's working for me, who's leaking things to opposition media to destroy my company, whether they're right or wrong, I might want to interview them later, but I don't want them working for me, right? I could totally see. However, when you find out that this person is not the leaker... It, uh, you should be uh, rehiring them if they want the job, you should be apologizing profusely, you're you should be clearing sued. their name publicly, you're gonna and be, you're going to be on the wrong
0: side of a lawsuit if you don't be do those things. Wrong side of the lawsuit. And they're even just ignoring it. Yeah. There's not even
1: the people who cover the media aren't even coming out and saying anything about it. Oh, you about mean it. Brian Stelter? It's uh,
0: not just him, but he's one of them. No, but but isn't he the ombudsman to make sure that the media is fair and (laughs) balanced That I'm going to check into everything because I'm the big, huge egghead that just (laughs) uh, I just know what's true and what's not? Hasn't even mentioned it. That's inexplicable. Inexcusable. It's one of these
1: stories that's directly about the way the media is dealing with With its own stories, this is an internal story that should be fascinating to people inside the media who say, wait a minute, like, these are, this is real, real." look, James O'Keefe has been around for a while. He's done this a bunch of times. This is something that the media needs to understand can happen
0: to them, and they need to be able to deal with it like adults. And they don't seem to be able to do it. No. So... Megan Kelly is back, and Megan Kelly is doing her own thing, and she just uh, released something on IGTV, which is uh, Instagram television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she interviewed this person. and I wanna play a couple of clips from it. Listen.
2: did you leak the tape? I did not. Not to anyone? no, never. at any at any time. No. Did you make a clip of the moment? I did, but I saved it. I saved it in the internal system. So what was your job at ABC? I was a crash producer. Okay, so a producer. Yeah. And you were in the control room when Amy made those comments. Uh, I wasn't in the control room, but I was I was watching the comments while I was at my desk, and um, I had seen what she was saying. And I went to my manager and I said, "You know, do you see what she's saying? Does she know that she's on a hot mic?" The assistant said to us that um, that Amy knew she was on a mic, uh, and that she knew she was being broadcasted to all the affiliates. Right, so this is a moment where she's off the air, she's doing taped promos, mm-hmm. but she has a mic on and people can see and hear her. Yeah. So what made you you what did you do? You clipped the moment, you sort of marked the moment in the system? Yeah, I, I just clipped it off. I essentially marked it in the system and never left the system. We do it all the time. Did you tell the manager that you had clipped it? I did not. Did you think it was newsworthy, what she was saying? Everyone in the office was freaked out by what she was saying and everyone was was watching it. So the purpose for clipping it was what, to watch it back later? Yeah, watch it back later. Um, you know, I I did it just for office gossip, you know. Mm-hmm. Was there any intention to embarrass her? No, not at all. Or ABC? No, I would never. You know, the three years I've spent at ABC, I've, I've loved my time there. You know, I'm a... I'm a good employee. I've, you know, I've worked seven days a week. You know, I, I loved my job. Was this the first time you had ever clipped a, a segment of an anchor off mic? No, I mean we do it all the time. You know, uh, I'm part of my job is I'm like a video editor. You know, I, I clip off moments all the time. I put together, you know, funny anchor reels of, you know, them off camera doing funny stuff to use later in the show. Did you go back and watch it later? I didn't. No, I I didn't even. I didn't think about it after that day.
1: I believe her. I mean, she comes off as very believable. Mm -hmm. Now, if the case from ABC slash CBS is she's lying, then they need to make that case or say they're launching an investigation to to figure out what exactly happened. But they're not even making that case. They're not saying anything. And And of course, there's no one to hold them responsible. They're just
0: ignoring all the requests to comment on it. So there is a new piece of evidence out today. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Senator Mike Lee, who joins us now. Um, Senator, tell me about what happened in Mexico, and is anything going to be done about this?
3: Glenn, it's absolutely tragic. Last week. We had nine innocent people, women and children, American citizens, gunned down in cold blood, uh, murdered, in some cases, burnt to death by narco-terrorists. This is in our glad backyard, and this is a, a, an absolute crisis. Uh, we've got to do something about it by way of identifying who the attackers were, and we've got to make darn sure that they don't have the ability to attack the American people anymore. It's bad enough that over the last few years, they've killed 250,000 innocent civilians. It's made worse by the fact that they're now moving on to U.S. citizens and doing so in
0: our own backyard. So the press made a big deal out of these people have a violent history. And what do you know about the family, Mike?
3: You know, <clears throat> this is not a family with a violent history. It's the individuals that I talked to, the uh, the, the, these families are not part of a cult. These families are not even part of an organized religious order at all. They, they they just live down there in peace. Now they're they're the descendants of people who came to the region to live in religious freedom back in the uh, mid to late 1800s, and they've maintained their identity both as um, Mexican citizens and as dual U.S. citizens ever since then. But there are peace-loving people, and there are people who uh, are not extremists in any way. They uh, abide by the law, and they haven't caused anyone any trouble. I'm not sure what the uh, almost fetishistic fixation the New York Times and other publications seem to have with calling them uh, polygamists, which they are not, or fundamentalists, which I don't think they are either, but somehow maybe that makes it easier for them to otherize these victims so as to not make Americans worry about these pesky drug cartels.
0: These pesky drug cartels uh, pretty much run the state of Mexico now.
3: Yes, in many areas they do, and they seem to be coming, becoming increasingly brazen in their willingness to go after, uh, in, in this case, uh, both Women and children, which the Sinaloa drug cartel apparently historically tried to avoid, and also people who were known to be U.S. citizens, as these people were in the area. Everyone knew who they were. They knew they were dual U.S.-Mexican citizens. They knew that these people uh, were women and children, and they killed them anyway. That indicates that something more dangerous is afoot than what we've been dealing with in the past, and that we really should be concerned. It's one of the many reasons we need
0: a wall and there's there's no reason to believe now that Americans are safe in Mexico because if they'll yeah I mean it used to be if you held an American passport nobody's going to screw with you because the Americans would come down as a you know bag of bricks on your head and pressure the government to make sure those people paid the price that's not that's not the truth anymore Mexico is is pretty much controlled by these cartels The the president, um, I don't know, good or ill, uh, but the president is 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 having to kowtow to these to these people. And what does this mean for Americans on the border? If they can do this right across the border, what's stopping them from doing it on this side?
3: Um, It is uh, a. Scary prospects, and, and I'm not. I'm not sure I. I know what the answer would be. Well, uh, Mike does. Uh, does does an
0: answer. Be. Does an answer include making these drug cartels terrorist organizations?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm doing everything I can to make sure that the administration has the ability it needs to designate them as such. If we can do that, then all of a sudden we can figure out how they bank. We can stop their ability to transfer money. These are organizations that, by some accounts, are clearing something like $80 million of profit a day. That money's got to go somewhere. It can't just sit under a mattress. They have to be able to have the ability to transfer it. We can stop a lot of that if we designate them as international terrorist organizations, and that's what I hope they end up doing. Now, meanwhile, AMLO, uh, President Lopez Obrador, has said some things that I hope are just uh, – an error in translation. I speak both languages. I'm fluent in Spanish. He he had been saying we need to deal with the drug cartels uh, using hugs, not bullets. Abrazos, no boleros. I I don't quite understand why he'd use that expression. But then in the wake of these killings last week, he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, the the families of these victims just need to forgive the cartels. I, I don't understand what that has to do with the government response. Obviously, among any Christian believers, forgiveness is a, a, an essential thing, but that is not the government's role. The government's role is to see to it that people don't kill each other. And I, I, I hope for their own sake and for ours that the Mexican government will get its A-game on and decide that, you know, yeah, hugs are great. Sometimes they don't work. For people who have bullets, sometimes the only response to somebody who's got bullets and abusing them to kill women and children is more bullets. And that's what we need here.
0: Mike, are we going to be able to get anything done with the impeachment now? Um, I mean, do you see the impeachment? I see it passing. Do you see uh, Mitch McConnell t- picking it up and trying it in the center, Senate? I Personally, I think it should. Because you've got to you have to be able to respond to the insanity and you can't respond to it in the House because of the rules. Uh, That's right. That's
3: right. I've had some good conversations with Mitch McConnell about this, and I I think he sees it the same way I do. And it sounds like the same way you do, which is that, uh, first of all, under our rules, we have to take it up. We have to hear it. And uh, even if we were not required to um uh, by our own rules which we are there would still be a need for us to be able to tell the story to tell the whole truth uh and and not just the, the the spin that they're getting in the house of representatives
0: well there's no way there's no way for the president to even defend himself you can't call anybody that has anything to do uh, with um, Chalupa, you can't call her, you can't call the whistleblower, you can't call anybody that wants to talk about the marriage between the state and Soros, you can't talk about uh, the uh, the meddling in the election that we know happened, because two people, two people were sentenced to prison for it, for interfering in the U.S. election, and they bragged on tape about how they were helping Hillary and uh, the DNC. You can't talk about any of those things. They're not being allowed. So you, yeah. if you're going to understand what happened, you have to understand the past.
3: Exactly. You can't tell any part of this story that hasn't been blessed and sanctioned by Adam Schiff and by Nancy Pelosi. And that's disgraceful, disgraceful, especially this is- when you ask the question, Cui Bono, who benefits, who benefits from this impeachment trial, who benefits from an impeachment proceeding in the House where only one side gets to be heard? Well, Well, honestly,
0: this this really goes to this whole thing is, you know, the, the way that the left is behaving now, they are they are acting like an out of control religion. You are silenced if you, if you disagree. You're a heretic and destroyed. And this is the Grand Inquisition. I mean, you know, Pelosi is, is I guess, or Schiff is Takamata. It, it, he creates all of the rules, and you know the outcome before the trial is even started.
3: That's right. That's right. Or, or telephone justice, as they used to describe it in the Soviet era when a criminal trial was going on, if it was a difficult case, the judge would receive a telephone call and whatever distant reaches of the USSR, somebody from Moscow would tell them what the outcome was. But the the fact is uh, they've been trying to get president Trump since before he was even inaugurated. The the, the only reason Nancy, who deep down knows this is wrong. The only reason she's doing this is because she can't control uh, the squad. She can't control her own party. And, so she feels like she has to do it. And things like this have consequences. Those consequences are dire. And we have to ask the question, well, what becomes of this? If you do this, where does it lead? And is that really responsible for the American people, especially for a president who didn't do anything wrong? But if this is what it's going to take for us to tell the rest of the story and to show how so many people in the Democratic establishment have abused the levers of government power, so be it but President Trump is going to emerge from this process stronger.
0: So, Mike, um, tomorrow night uh, I am doing another uh, broadcast. Uh, this one is the Democrats' Hydra. And uh, as I was going through all of the information, your name popped up, and you're actually in this special. Uh, and it it is because you seem to uh, question something that was happening in macedonia and said something's not right here and you're right and you filed uh, uh, a letter with i think the state department asking why we were funding some things that we were funding i don't know if you ever got a response back but uh, i have the answer for you tomorrow on what was going on did they ever respond back to you
3: Whatever response I got was somewhat inadequate to uh, what I was seeking. Yeah, I, I started seeing some disturbing trends. I've got some friends in Macedonia, and they were pointing out to me that Macedonia was a friend to the United States. Macedonia, uh, at one point in the very recent past, had a government that was friendly to the United States that was by and large conservative, especially by European standards. Big time. And they Started seeing some trends that were very disturbing in terms of leveraging Soros money with U.S. Uh, foreign aid money mm-hmm. in a way that was fundamentally anti-democratic and pro-leftist. It's very, very disturbing, and I think that's one of the things that we need to uncover in all this: is what the heck are we doing with all this money? I, I'm not not one who says that there is never a good reason for the U.S. to provide aid to a third party, but unless we have a definite reason. And that reason is an open and transparent one. These will always end up being used uh,
0: to promote progressive causes worldwide and to undermine our own interests and values. Mike, you will have your answer tomorrow. And uh, everything, we left a lot of stuff on the edit floor because I just, I only want stuff we can absolutely nail down and show the evidence. It's happening all over the world uh, and you're not going to like the answer, but you're going to finally receive an answer on what was going on.
3: Bless you, Glenn. That's
0: fantastic. Um, all right, Mike, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Keep us up to speed uh, on um, on what's happening with, with Mexico. I appreciate that you are actually on that case. And uh, I, I don't know how we're ever going to get a border wall built. Uh, in uh, in this climate, but boy, if this isn't a signal that we need one, I don't know what is. Thanks, Mike.
3: Hey, hey uh, you're, you're in Texas. You and I can go to the Home Depot, and we'll get started working on it. <laughs> yeah, our
0: that's we, okay, we'll do it Saturday. Thanks a lot, Mike. Right, I appreciate right. it. Senator Mike Lee from uh, Utah. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So the impeachment hearings begin tomorrow in the public, and we are going to be loaded for bear. Tonight, 5 o'clock, Stu and I and Jason are going to be going over some of these names so you know who is going to be testifying, what's what's expected, etc., etc. But on Saturday, the House Republicans submitted a list of witnesses they'd like to have testify. But what you need to understand is this is not a fair trial. This is an inquisition. The Democrats and Schiff control all of it. So they will only call who they want to call. And they have set out some rules. For instance, you're never going to talk to the whistleblower. You're never going to know the name of the whistleblower. Um, You're not going to talk to. So we don't know the name Charamella. Charamella.
1: Because, you know, they did release it. Non-redacted, mm-hmm. uh, unredacted. I guess in the uh, in one of the transcripts, mm-hmm.
0: it's no. in there. No, it, that's why. Uh, that's why Facebook mm-hmm. uh, is erasing all mentions of Charamella. So if you've posted anything about this whistleblower, anything, all those pages are going to be re- erased. This guy's being erased from history, and and you'll know why. You watch the special; you're going to understand why. This guy is his fingerprints are over everything. Okay, so they want to have uh, Hunter Biden testify. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. Right. This goes back to why would they
1: want an investigation? Well, you could say it's just about his his personal political gain, right? Mm -hmm. Unless there was actually a problem with Hunter Biden. So having Hunter Biden there
0: and trying to figure out whether he was an actual problem is completely central to this whole case. Uh, Kurt Volker, he's the U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine. David Hale, State Department official. Tim Morrison, Russia-Europe advisor on the National Security Council. Nellie Orr. Now, why Nellie Orr? That's Bruce Orr's wife. Mm. Remember Bruce Orr? Oh, Nellie was the one who was the one who brought information about collusion from Fusion GPS and the dossier to her husband in Pillow Talk. And brought, he brought that to the Justice Department. Oh, why would we want to talk to her? And they also want to talk to Alexandra Chalupa. The, the uh, Schiff and the impeachment panel has said, no, n- nope, 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 nope. No, no, you can't talk to those people. Democrats have the veto power over the Republicans' lists, which means Hunter Biden, the whistleblower, Chalupa, none of them are going to be a part of this. Adam Schiff is Takamata. Uh, and Takamata, if you don't know, was the Grand Inquisitor. He was, he was doing the work of the Pope. Uh, I wonder who the Pope might be in this particular case. I ordered a Chalupa and a takamata, at Taco Bell yesterday. <laughs> Did you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, those takamatas? Oh, they're delicious. They're so good. You'll never <laughs> talk me out of a takamata. <laughs> Uh Anyway, uh, so they are not going to let Chalupa testify and allow her to be grilled by any of the Republicans. They also said, we will not serve as a vehicle to undertake the same sham investigations into the Bidens. What sham investigations? The ones the New York Times did. Uh, Which ones are you talking about? Which sham investigations are you talking about? We're not going to take place the same sham investigations into the Bidens or 2016 that the president pressed Ukraine to conduct for his own personal political benefit. So why wouldn't you want them looking into 2016? Why wouldn't you like them looking into Chalupa? Why wouldn't you like them looking into the DNC, the State Department, the whistleblower? Right, because if if your case is, as they just stated as fact there, he did this for his
1: own personal uh, political benefit, you need to prove that. The only way you can prove that is to show that he was a conspiracy theorist, there's nothing going on there, but they don't want to
0: have any of the people involved ask any questions about it. Right. If you're going to say that these are conspiracy theories, then let the the sunshine in. Yeah. Just, Just open up the doors and the windows. Let the people see, trust the American people, but they don't trust the American people. If they trusted the
1: American people, they would have just acknowledged that we all have impeachment votes coming up in less than one year, right? Donald Trump can be thrown out of office in a year by just voting for him and using the actually, you know, the normal process and the normal way of doing these things. They don't want that to
0: happen because they don't trust the people. They think they might get it wrong again. I have to tell you, I would love to have an actual trial. I'd love to have really good attorneys take the information that we have. That's all from uh, FOIA acts, you know, the uh, Freedom of Information Act. We have it from released documents from the State Department, FOIA documents from the State Department, from uh, uh, from the administration, from the former administration. We have audio tape and recordings. None of this is going to be heard. None of this is going to be heard. And the American people need to see it. You have to see it. Tomorrow, I'm working really, really hard. Um, We're learning so much stuff. And I'm working really hard to make sure that there is no way that this can be called, uh, what did he just call it, A, a sham investigation or the conspiracy theories around 2016. There are no conspiracy theories. Everything we have is documented. Everything that you will see tomorrow night is on tape. And you're not going to believe that it's on tape. You're not Stu and I were talking today because Soros is involved, of course. And uh what he's doing is remarkable. And Stu said, okay, but we do have The documents, because Stu is really working hard. I worked last week on the book. It's this week for him to just go through and comb all the facts. Today is his day just to go through all the facts on this special to make sure that we have everything buttoned up one last time. And he's like, but we do have (laughs) Stu. We have a memo from George Soros himself, not an organization, him to the State Department. Laying this all out, and you're like, "What? It's insane! It's not a conspiracy theory. It's like uh, the Tides Foundation said when they were going through the um the Obama Obamacare, yeah. Obamacare, mm-hmm. and we said that it's going to go, it's going to go to universal health care. It has to. And he was giving a speech to insiders, and he said, "Look." It's going to end up in single-payer health care. It's going to. It's not a Trojan horse. It's right there. I'm telling you, it's right there. They're that open about it. And this goes against everything that I think even Democrats believe. I really do believe that when Democrats hear this, if they have an open mind, if you're look, if you're looking to excuse Donald Trump or convict Donald Trump, this is not the place for you. It's not. If you're looking for truth, if you're looking for what really happened, and you're looking to see who is who are the United States uh, representatives, what are they actually doing? Who's doing this? What are they doing in our name with our billions of dollars? What are they actually doing? And prove it to me. Don't just give me a, hey, I think this is going. Prove it to me. Show me the facts. You're not going to like it. (laughs) But you have to know it. And that's why I said to to Mike Lee last hour, we had him on. We were talking about the impeachment. And I said, this all has to come out. And you can do it in the Senate. Because you won't get any of this information in the House because they've locked it all down. They've specifically cordoned off Everything that is on the chalkboard I mean that's 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 quite that is quite the testimony if you have people that are crazy and are making crazy conspiracy theories, just crazy making them up, and there's no way to prove them, I welcome that in my courtroom right because you could show them to be insane a whack job. right show them to be insane, really. Mr. Beck, could you prove that, please? Oh, yes. Here's the document with her signature on it. Here's the document with his signature on it. Here's the document from Soros to her outlining everything that we're talking about. Yes. That's why they must deem this a conspiracy theory and give it no light of day. Because once you have any of this in the light of day, you see not only what's happening in Ukraine, but you see what's happening today in South America today in the United States of America yesterday in San Francisco oh you'll you will see what's being done to us and what's being done to the whole world using your tax dollars
1: and you know we've been talking a lot and i think there's an argument on the right about what the best process is for the senate when they do inevitably impeach trump in the house because it's just under democrat control do you go ahead with a trial? Do you just completely ignore it and not have a trial? Do you vote before any evidence is presented and just dismiss it because it's just a joke? Can't. And I think like this is a good example of why you probably do want to go ahead with a trial. You know, people keep comparing the House side of this to the grand jury where it, the the rules are basically set up so that the Democrats, the prosecution can just present evidence without it being refuted. That's kind of the way it's set up. And that's the way grand jury is set up, right? To get an indictment, you come in, you give all your evidence. Is there enough to go after this uh, to to make it a trial? Uh, you say yes or no. But all of that in the grand jury sense is done in secret because mm-hmm. it's unfair,
0: right? It's patently unfair, mm-hmm. and it's un it, it is um, unsubstantiated yeah. in some cases. They're accusations, and it's and it's on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's on both sides. You, do, it's wild stuff
1: on both sides, right? so that stuff happens behind closed doors so that the you know you're we're not it's not tainted you're not tainted by all this stuff that's not legitimate mm-hmm. right here the the democrats are able to make this case with basically no pushback and you can't even call competing evi- uh, evidence and witnesses um, in the Senate, that's going to be the different story. If you just let the House thing happen, they get an impeachment and then you ignore it. Number one, the Democrats are going to be able to say, look, they're just, they don't even look at the evidence. They're, they're just ignoring this. Mm-hmm. Number two, you'll never present the other side. Mm-hmm. There will never be a focus by the American people on the stuff you've been doing in part one, part two, and now part three of the special. Um, and that's the
0: important thing. It that, that really is. It really is. Donald Trump is a hand grenade. He is a hand grenade Uh, and what's what's totally amazing is they know it. The State Department said it. John Bolton, who I'm I'm pretty sure is probably all in on this kind of stuff that's going on. Um, He said Rudy Giuliani. I mean, he's a hand grenade. He's just going to blow things up. Yeah, yeah. That's why people don't like Donald Trump, because he is blowing things up, but He might be rolling into a room trying to blow something up. And what he doesn't know is that hand grenade just blew this wall down. And it's not really what you were after, but that's bigger than what you were after. And that hand grenade just exploded and just exposed all of this. That's what's happening here. They needed to stop him because he was a hand grenade that would expose all of this. And you will see all of it tomorrow. We're going to go on with the uh, witnesses and what's going to happen in the next couple of days here in just a couple of seconds. Also tonight at five o'clock on the blaze. All of this research is paid for by you. So please, we're going to make this special free. It's on Facebook and YouTube. Tell everyone you know to watch it. This is an important one. We have to start with history. And again, it begins with Woodrow Wilson. Uh, but we start with history to bring you to today it's tomorrow it's free tell everyone blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code uh gb20 off and you'll save 20 percent if you want to become a member and help us do all of these things but tell your friends and watch it tomorrow free on facebook and also uh on um on youtube This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. We welcome to the program our Canadian broadcasting friend, Brian Lilly. Hello, Brian. How are you?
4: You know, Glenn, I, I'm doing well. Other than I'm listening to you and Stu this morning because I'm on vacation, trying to escape Canadian politics. <laughs> I'm just puttering around, yeah. and I'm hearing you talk about Don Cherry, a, a man I know, like and respect, and, and Justin Trudeau, a man I know, don't like and don't respect.
0: <laughs> right. So this is crazy, Brian. This is this is absolutely nuts. You guys just elected a guy who has been photographed multiple times as an adult in blackface. He was actually asked during the election
4: because he wouldn't say how many times he'd worn it after the first night he was caught. The first night he's caught, he comes out and, you know, he's on his campaign plane and he does one of those things with all the reporters around him on the plane. And have you done this any other times? Yes, there was one other time. And then they released the photo of him in high school dressed up in blackface doing Deo. And so now every time I'm watching the Raptors and they play Deo, I think Justin Trudeau's got to be in the audience. <laughs> but they go from that to the next day, another news outlet comes out with another video of him, and now there's three. And so he's asked, well, how many more? Like, uh, uh, well, the number's not important. To the nearest five, how many times <laughs> was an actual question to him, and he couldn't answer. So, yeah, we just reelected him. But beyond that, Justin Trudeau was a man who, in Quebec – Where The the French part of Canada that he represents, they have a certain amount of say over their immigration. And they're doing things that if any other part of the country did, it, they'd call it racist. They want to impose a values test to become an immigrant to Quebec. So do you believe in the following things? And some people will say this is good, this is bad. But when a conservative politician advocated for that a few years ago for the whole country, Justin Trudeau called it racist, bigoted, anti-immigrant. Quebec is... You know, the province, again, that he represents is lowering their immigration rate. They are reducing it because immigrants steal jobs. Any other part of the country did that. He'd call it racist and bigoted and anti-immigrant. So a guy who is actually backing policies that the liberal left calls racist, anti-immigrant was just reelected. But we got to fire Don Cherry for saying, you come here, honor our, our fallen. My parents are immigrants. Most of the neighborhood kids that i grew up around were immigrants we all learned about remembrance day and we all wore poppies
0: okay mm. so so tell me about uh don cherry um he's can you compare him to an american uh sportscaster at all something how big is he in canada
4: well unlike keith Olbermann, he's kept his job for years so he's <laughs> keith um you know i I'm not sure that there is a comparable figure. He, he doesn't call the games like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on uh, Monday or Sunday night football. Uh, he's uh, he's not a. He's Bob not like Harry Carey. Figure. He's not like no. Harry no. Carey. Hmm. So he's just this guy that he used to coach the Boston Bruins back in the day. He played in the minor leagues. He played in the NHL for a cup of coffee and but he he carved out this niche as being the canadian everyman who watches the game talks about what he likes what he doesn't like and yeah occasionally goes off on these things but his support for the troops has been huge the left has been trying to get rid of this guy for years and so you know i tweeted out a couple of things on this as i say i'm you know trying to stay away from politics but I'm on the Twitter machine on the weekend, and I see all the outrage over this, and I say, okay, so let me get this straight. The country just elected a man who wore blackface more times than he can say, who backs a values test for immigrants but only to Quebec, back, uh, dropping Quebec's immigration bill, and was weak on Bill 21. Oh, by the way, yeah, there's this bill in Quebec that Justin Trudeau won't fight that says if you wear a turban, a kippah, a hijab, any outward religious symbol, you can't be a school teacher or a cop or a civil servant, He won't fight that.
1: Can you imagine a conservative? Oh, my
2: gosh.
4: Yeah. And the left elected him. And yet Don Cherry says, wear a poppy if you come here. Guess what? My dad came to this country and learned about hockey. He couldn't watch soccer all the time because back then you couldn't watch everything on satellite 24-7. So he learned about baseball. He learned about football. He learned about hockey. By the time I was born, a couple years after he gets to the country, he's upset that my mother's going into labor in the middle of a football game.
1: <laughs> but, uh, come on, it's the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, at least wait till after. Brian, is there any actual evidence that he was even speaking about immigrants? The comment seems to be he's upset with people who are there. No, he are- says you
0: come here. Yeah,
1: he, well, he says you come well, here. But, I mean, he's talking about Toronto.
4: He, and he's no, saying- In fairness, I think he's talking about immigrants. And there are a lot of... Immigrants, new Canadians, as people like to call them, that Mm -hmm. do wear the poppy. Look, I think most people come to this country because they like the freedom. And I know you keep saying we don't have the First Amendment. We do actually have the Charter of Rights, which says you've got freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including Mm -hmm. freedom of the press.
0: How's that working out for you? (laughs)
4: Well, it it doesn't protect you from saying something your employer disagrees with. Yeah, right, right. right. And, and that's the case, right? It stopped, you know, just like the First Amendment. I can have the First Amendment in the United States, but if I annoy my employer, like that time you were going to hire me, uh, Glenn, and then you found out I said something bad about Texas, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that that can do you under. In, in, Rogers is like a Comcast, as you were saying, Stu, and it is. This huge company that just doesn't want the headache. Now, unfortunately for them, there's a boycott sportsnet movement going on now, and people are calling up and they're saying, All right, I'm, I'm going to cancel my sportsnet subscription. If you know anything about the remaining people that have not cut the cord, the most profitable angle of cable is sports. Is sports. And on top of that, so they're a cable company, they're a broadcaster. They're also a cell phone company. People are canceling their Rogers subscriptions across the board. This could end up hurting them. I don't know if, you know, it will be big enough. It's tough to tell, but my guess is that there's going to be more outrage from people that are actually upset over this than the social justice warriors that never watched Don to begin with. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's crazy. It's like the thing with uh, 007. You know, they're making uh, they've they've banned the word Bond girls on the set and uh, all this feminist nonsense with James Bond. Who are they appealing to? Because those feminists don't go to watch James Bond movies. (laughs) They're not going to pick their no, no, you're not going to have a feminist. You know, I don't see I don't see Patricia Ireland going, well, wait a minute. Hang on. Maybe I'll go see that this weekend.
4: It's not going to happen. Women watch Bond movies unless they're reluctantly sitting next to us saying, Yes.
0: Fine. Yes. I
4: guess. You've watched four rom coms. I guess I can watch a Bond movie.
0: Right. So, who is this guy that was the partner that weaseled with this stupid apology?
4: Ron McLean, who is, uh, he's been by Don's side since 1984. and you know, Wow. Um, Don those, is Do, wow. Don's good friends with a, a, a fellow of, a writer of mine at the Toronto Sun, uh, Joe Warmington. And, he, you know, he's talked about the relationship with Ron before. He says, oh, yeah, Ron's a bit more left than me, but we get along. We're good. Um, I don't know what Ron was thinking. It, could Don have gone on air and said, Look, I'm I'm sorry. Here's what I actually meant. I I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't mean to offend people, but Don's, Don's like I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to be a simp. I don't know that word other than from Don Cherry, but I get the <laughs> the great. context. He's like I'm I'm not going to bend to anybody. He's 85. He doesn't give a crap what anyone thinks about him. And he he I mean, you know, every year there's there's an attempt to shove him off the air. So Ron McLean is uh, Mr. Nice Guy that sits next to him. He's the straight man. He's the host of the overall Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Um, so I, I think he's going to face a bit of a backlash.
0: But yeah, what kind of you know, what, as, as you've as been a partner with this guy for that long, and that's what you that's nice what you do. 84. Yeah,
4: and and Ron has been
0: removed from different
4: jobs at Hockey Night in Canada over the years, and Don has stood up for him. Mm -hmm. and so this is not going to go over well i'm I'm sure they're not going to talk again but you know it's um as much as america is a football nation canada is a hockey nation and so people will be outraged but will they stop watching probably not um maybe ratings will take a hit um and, and and people will start watching hockey elsewhere i don't know but it's, uh, you know, I I can't believe that there's more ink spilled over this. And I predicted this on the weekend. I said that, tweeted it out. There's going to be more ink spilled, more broadcast time, all of this devoted to Don Cherry than the fact that our prime minister that we just reelected in the middle of the campaign was backing policies his own party calls anti-immigrant. And because Don said, quote, unquote, you people, which my scottish immigrant uncle says all the time mm-hmm. normally referring to me and mm-hmm. others around me <laughs> i use people over there right i use um you know that's what cost him his job but justin Trudeau gets reelected by the same people that are complaining about don cherry
0: all right so brian you you gotta call don and see if he'll come on the show for us tomorrow because i'd love i'd love to spend some time with you. He's a great lo- guy. I look, bet. There,
4: There's two authors that I love hanging out with. Glenn, you're one. Don's another. I'll send a photo of me at one of Don's uh, uh, book signings a while ago. Um, I went out to interview him at it uh, just outside of Toronto, and you know, huge lineup. Like the type of lineup that politicians dream of. They, you know, it, It's not quite Don, Don, Donald Trump Jr. and his triggered thing down in wherever he was in the weekend. But for Canada, massive lineup, people standing in line for hours to meet the guy. Mm. And he's salted the earth. You're going to love
0: him. Love it. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, Brian uh, Lilly, he is a political columnist for the uh, Toronto Sun. Uh, he's a fan of ours. we're a fan of his until he says something and then soon we'll, we'll stab him in the back so fast. Didn't even know the guy did you know the guy uh, who? I don't even hate that guy. Wow.
4: The Blaze Radio network on demand.